September 29th, 1789, the first United States Congress adjourns. Ben Franklin famously remarks, I give it 250 years tops. Welcome to The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And joining us for the second time for the first time, <laughs> Olivia Shiling. So glad to have oh, her. Thank hi. you for being here. Um, well, if there's one moral of this podcast, dear listener, it's that history repeats itself because a few episodes ago, my track got eaten by audacity, and this time, I fucked up and forgot to start recording. <laughs> so again... We're starting from scratch. This time we only got like five minutes in. Okay. We just did like the preamble and shit. In my head, I was like, do we pretend it didn't happen? And now that's all we're talking about. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. We have to regain the, the magic, the momentum. To learn there. from history, you have to pay attention to it. You got to you yeah, actually exactly. learn from it. <laughs> also, can't Zach. erase it. We're not trying to erase history. <laughs> yeah. The I mean, revisionist history of what happened is. Uh, Brian fucked up? I don't know. <laughs> no. That's my, that's my alt history. You can vote on what actually happened. No, no. listeners. <laughs> we'll just have to see what they say. I, I didn't get to make my case. Um, I also appreciate how uh, it sounded like when you were doing your This Day in History, uh, you were using a little bit of a wizard voice <laughs> at times. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I should give the London stuff a little flourish. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's probably the one we're going to use anyway, so I have no trouble referencing it. Uh, folks, if you're new to this uh, particular podcast, um, I'm kind of doing a similar lead-in to what I did last time. I had a great bit last time where it was like my summer vacation essay. I'm not going to repeat that, but... (laughs) But just imagine what it was like. It was was good. It was good. Yeah, it was classic. It would have gone down with like uh, George Carlin's monologue about stuff in the history. (laughs) Uh, Regardless... Yeah, you're uh, the George Carlin of fake book reports. Yeah. Uh, regardless, oh, no. this... <laughs> yeah, I started out really goofy and then I got increasingly bitter to keep up with the times. <laughs> this summer I fucking, fucking hated Al-Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually what I said in eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, well, we, it was very popular that year. Uh, regardless... This is um, a comedy history podcast in which we examine a person or event or place or thing or whatever noun your mind can imagine from history. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's and, and one person gives the true account of the person, place, thing, etc. And another person gives a crazy, absolutely bonkers alternate version uh, that can have cyborgs or Batman. Or as I said before, it could be Mamma Mia. It could be Mamma Mia too. And really should be Mamma Mia at a certain point. Once you realize that possibility. Well, you know, yeah, I I actually, I was going to say 
You know what they say, uh, there's only two kinds of stories, Boy Comes to Town and Mamma Mia, but I think I've made that joke. Yep. <laughs> Literally on the last episode, oh when we did that with, I think, Robocop and Animal House. Well, you know what they say, there's only three kinds of stories, <laughs> Animal House, Robocop, and Mamma Mia. Um, regardless, at the end of the show... Which Robocop is actually kind of a Boy Comes to Town story. And it's kind of Mamma Mia, too. Wait, Robocop is Mamma Mia? Yeah, who's Robocop's real dad? It could be the corporation. It could be the scientist. It could be Clarence Boniker. And And he's just trying to find himself (laughs) and get them to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regardless, at the end of the episode, uh, the remaining host votes on what is the history they prefer, and then you, the audience, assuming you pay a small amount of money, (laughs) also can vote uh, on what becomes the true history of this brilliant blue marble marble we all live on called the Earth going forward. (laughs) Um, Last episode, uh, this is, as I, again, repeating myself. (laughs) Just to reiterate. (laughs) This is the taint episode. It's, it's between our. Oh, no. I feel like you led into that special. way better last time. <laughs> it was kind of an accident last time, and this time I'm like, well, I got to get back there. I always, all, yeah, how all do you, roads how do you get to, back to the taint? Yeah, all roads, all the roads lead. These are the questions. All roads lead to taint. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember your senior quote as well as anybody. Yeah, it's the natural centerpiece of the body. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's where all the humor is drained to, I think. It's the balancing point. A person is perfectly balanced on their taint. Yeah, of course. Every single person. It's like a sword, a well-made sword. It's it's where the superego resides, I think, of course. (laughs) It's the window to the soul. (laughs) Yeah, the fastest way to a man's heart. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Regardless, next week, uh, next episode, we're going to be starting our spooky scary halloween spooktaculars mm-hmm. and last time we just finished up our jack the ripper miniseries so we're uh we're letting the the we're putting a little pressure off the spook pedal this time <laughs> yeah um, just a little uh, a little palate cleanser i think before yeah, we get back exactly into the so. spooky scaries now we uh don't know who won the jack the ripper thing because that episode hasn't been released yet the last one mm-hmm. and the but, voting hasn't uh, even begun yet and the voting has begun, but by the time you hear this, you'll probably know. So there's no reason for me to reiterate the winner of that little mini-series. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're going to focus on, and I still don't know how to pronounce this, Dobney? This is a person, again, I know from history and actually like a lot, but like... Sorry, it's just like the doing the porky pig thing. It looks like a bad Scrabble board this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've Grabbed been going a handful of letters. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been going with Dobbin Yi. Uh, that seems right to me. Dobbin Yi. Uh, Dobbin Yi sounds good to me. Of Aubin Yi, like a D apostrophe A U B I G N Y. The famous mnemonic device Dobbin Yi sounds good to me. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was uh, the slogan for her line of jellies, actually. that uh... <laughs> We'll get into that in due course. And in fact, in short order, because I believe Olivia is telling the true history. Hey there, this is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote 
over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. Julie Abingi. Uh, so she has, uh, basically, the big thing is, like, she has this reputation with kind of uh, sleeping around with a lot of the uh, fancy man's ladies. Um, <laughs> but she she's uh, best known for being a swordsman and, and an opera singer. Uh, mm-hmm. She was born in France in 1673. Uh, she has uh, a dad, and her dad was a... Uh, this uh, secretary to another fancy, a lot of French names. His name was uh, Louis de Lorraine Geis, and he was a count, and he was also the master of the horse. Yep. Uh, which is, oh, wow. he deals that with is, that's like, all horse-related. I feel like now that's a category on porn sites? Yeah, maybe? no, that's... Master of the horse, oh yeah. <laughs> Tame it. <laughs> that's definitely someone who MCs at a furry convention, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that's on Mr. Hand's situation. Very- oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah, although his folly was that he thought he was the master of the horse and wasn't. <laughs> really, <laughs> he's like Icarus in that way. Yeah. Where he flew too close to the horse. <laughs> anyway, I'm editing that out. <laughs> well, he was the master of the horse and the, he worked for King Louis Fourteenth. So, you know, they weren't very wealthy or noble or anything so she grew up kind of with the uh, the pages and she would like she learned how to sing and to draw and to read and and uh, for sword sword swordsmansning so, uh, so she you know she got that very early on and she was dressing as a boy um just most of her life she was very androgynous that's another mm-hmm. one of the things that they like were talking about a lot and um uh her dad's boss uh took her as a mistress when she was 14 which is just so chill and so cool very very chill and cool and natural and fun easy breezy fun <laughs> yeah i think uh I think super chill actually comes from the French for oh, yeah. really uncomfortable. So, so, so very cool. Uh, but then, you know, she was just this mistress and uh, she got married off to this other guy. Because, um, you know, just get you just get tossed around when you're a little youngin. Yep, yep. Yeah, 17th century France. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a time to be alive. What a summer. What a summer. <laughs> yep. There's horses. There's plague. Uh, <laughs> And, <laughs> and there's no autonomy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she ends up uh, running away with this fencing master, Cyrenes. Uh, um, and uh, are, that's a good name. That's a cool name. That's right? one of it the kinda, best names in this thing. It reminds me of like Cyrano, but yeah, it you does. Know. Yeah, I feel like it's a ripoff. Like his parents <laughs> saw Cyrano. Like his parents saw Cyrano de Bergerac and were like, well, we can't just call him Cyrano. It's like, we'll spell it if different. somebody nowadays saw the Hunger Games and they were like, <laughs> the Hunger Games? They saw the Hunger Games. Yeah, that cereal. Yeah, that cereal where you have to kill everyone on, of your friends. <laughs> exactly so. That's their yeah. slogan. <laughs> right, it's their spinoff. It's, it's, my, it's in my theme where you slightly change the name. But instead of Catness, you go with cat nose. <laughs> Catter, catterness. Yeah, perfect. That's the fucking that's the Mad Magazine version of the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's just gonna be an article, just how to adapt it to whatever the fuck you can. Cat nose ever black. Language means nothing. <laughs> 
But uh, she was running away with uh, Cyrano, Cyrenese, and uh, he, because he had killed this guy in, in a duel, and all duels were illegal in uh, Paris, France, all France, just most of France, they were just illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what they would do for money is they would uh, just do fencing demonstrations at fairs and pubs and stuff, and she would sing a lot, too, during that time. Uh, but there was this one guy who didn't believe that she was a, a woman, uh, and she flashed him when she, you know, because he's like, you're fencing too good good obviously what is this and she's like here's my boobies so you know and that's just a checkmate i think that's just the way to do it there's yeah there's no real comeback you can go from that that's graceful once you've shown your tits that's a very powerful move that's a power (laughs) move right there um yeah but so she uh so she eventually just i'm sure that is printed on someone's tank top at <laughs> some it's kind of like the lbj tactic of uh negotiation yeah, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> but you know obviously adapted for women but like the thing where he would just talk to hostile senators like while he was on the toilet with the door open to throw them off their guard <laughs> what an insane man that's crazy <laughs> i mean he brought us to the great society but still. <laughs> hey, Voting Rights Act, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say right here, I'll watch a man take a dump for the Voting Rights Act. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real ally, Zach. I don't know. <laughs> That's just the kind of sacrifice I'm really, really doing. <laughs> or, you know, just for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's my card. I'm the master of horse. Anyway. <laughs> No one checks anymore. You can just really very easily be. Yeah, you can just say you're the master of horse on LinkedIn and no one's going to ask. They're like, I guess so. I guess he dresses up all them horsies. Uh, but she, so she eventually. Wait, is the yeah. master of horse a horse cosplay creator? <laughs> I think later in adaptions. In I a... mean, their portfolio has expanded mm-hmm. at this okay. point. Well, just, it's just become such a large part of so many people's lives. Really, they the founders never envisioned every, the master of horse yeah, being so every powerful. Every parade you're gonna see, and, you know, they're the ones running, it, pulling the strings. Right. Okay. I, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> interrupt with horse cosplay. <laughs> it's these are the important things. I think this is what we we need to question about. But so she she eventually joins the opera company in uh, Marseille. And uh, she gets bored with the uh, fencing master, and she falls in love with this lady, this beautiful woman. Um, but once the her uh, the parents of the lady that she falls in love with find out that she's in love with the woman, they put her away in a convent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Julie uh, decides to go to the convent um, so she can be with her love, but as a you know as a nun kind of. Yep. Um, <laughs> and. Um, so, All, they, so yeah. many setups for varying levels of like, so Master of Horse feels like some modern day, real deep web, hardcore stuff. But this uh, feels like a setup for like early HBO, <laughs> so oh, late night yeah. softcore. Sexy yeah. nuns, that's huge. Yeah. Sexy lesbian nuns, even better. Yeah. And I'm about to eat my words because Julie does not uh, care for traditional like sexy gender role shit she takes matters into her own hands mm-hmm. yeah yeah she she does whatever the fuck she wants she's like rules fuck them i'll fuck them too you know <laughs> give me some rules i'll yeah. fuck them i'll fuck them yeah. <laughs> uh, i've seen her described as kind of uh like a uh, 14th century france 
female James Bond. And in some ways that feels right. That yep. feels very accurate, definitely. Yeah, no, that's how yeah. that's But exactly if like it. if he was also bi, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like she's just like, get that butt and or whatever else you got it going on <laughs> over here. <laughs> the butt and etc. Etc. Butt is a necessity though. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking sexual mad libs. Gotta have the butt, but option two, you fill in the blank there, buddy. Fill it. <laughs> Yeah, I can picture someone describing themselves as a sexual mad lib. Oh. Uh, that's the new sapiosexual, just in terms yeah, of, like... Yeah, uh, excuse me while I update my Tinder profile real quick. <laughs> Take that away. Okay, I will not tell Shannon. Um, yeah, so she, uh, she's there in the convent doing their thing, and um, they want to run away. And uh, so they don't really know how to do that, so the thing that they come up with is to steal this dead nun's body. Um, and, you know, they just have those lying around for however yeah. long, whenever anyone needs them. In they case just, of emergencies. Yeah. At the time, every fourth room you walked into had a dead body in it, I feel like. Yeah, right, they collected they... them on their dead, you know, on Thursdays or whatever. It was like, it was the Glade plug-in of its time, because it actually made everything around it smell slightly better. <laughs> And by this area of history, you mean like almost every era of history? Yeah, up until they invented like, what, Febreze, I guess? <laughs> At the very least, indoor plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one. If you had to have one or the two, it's like they invented Febreze first. They're like, listen, we're not going to actually deal with this. We're just really trying to cover it up. We also have blankets we can put on all this shit. <laughs> Quick, someone just, like, bake cookies and cover up the smell of not having plumbing. <laughs> boy, whenever I don't have plumbing, boy, that's a... <laughs> whenever I don't whenever, have Whenever, you know, whenever I leave the house. <laughs> uh, so I believe Julie had just stolen the body of a dead nun, as you do. As, as you, you do. do. And um, so their big idea was to just set it on fire, set the whole house on fire, mm-hmm. destroy any evidence, you know... Which works, I yep, guess. It That's works great. Which actually. is actually there for Breeze, I guess. Back <laughs> burn <Fire>. it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they just they they burn it and uh, they burn the body and they just they run away and uh, so they've only they only dated for three months is what <laughs> after uh, that or something. I think that was the full duration. Oh, I think real? the full duration. I don't know how quick all this stuff happened, but oh, three months and you burn. A house down. Well, that's... A nunnery, no less. A nunnery. That is... That is at least some six-month Easily. for me. Easily. I think. Yeah. Boy, I don't they start say... looking for some dead people that look like my partner until I'm at least a year into the relationship. And then yeah. when they have we something going down, I'm like, I have two bodies that would work for yeah. this. First, I'll burn else... down a convent, then drive to the airport that's the second thing after that two year <laughs> is the wood anniversary three year is the nunnery burning anniversary <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hit it though you know it's sort of <laughs> really good oh god damn it um but yeah so they like that that's what happens they break up but she still has to deal with this stuff because you know even burning stuff down you got to deal with that eventually uh, so she gets charged with kidnapping body snatching and arson and uh they think that to the, the charge that she gets is death by fire because they're like Fight fire with fire. Just <laughs> put more fire in here. That's the way we're going to solve this. Yep. 
Very um, literal people. Very literal. In the day. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're going to steal your body. And, <laughs> uh, but so she, uh, what happens is she convinces her old dad's boss, her old lover, to talk to the king to pardon her. And her big thing was just, just let me go and I'll just sing in the opera. And I guess her pussy was as good as it seems. Because <laughs> it worked. They let her off on all counts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh god yeah. <laughs> that was i appreciated you saying that but that was unpleasant to hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the rest of her life she just keeps on singing and fucking and loving and mm-hmm. doing her thing yeah and she dies at the ripe old age of 33 which is as good as anyone could have hoped for back then i imagine yep <laughs> they, uh, yeah they say uh De- de- a death cause is unknown, but I'm pretty sure it was just old age. That's yeah. what it was. Exactly. I, you couldn't I've be older than like, Jesus. That was the rule. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard, like, little stories about her. Like, somebody said she was not the best opera singer or not a good opera singer, and she challenged him to a duel. Mm-hmm. And I think she dueled, like, multiple guys at the same time yeah. and still... I yeah, remember. there was this one thing that I found, and she's like, uh, she went to a ball and where a lot of... Uh, beautiful rich people were and uh and then she she ended up kissing this woman who was dating uh the grand dauphin and uh yeah they uh there's three guys who challenged her to a duel at that ball and she won all three of them (laughs) yep (laughs) and i think that was there was one moment i was reading when like because dueling, again, super illegal. So, yeah, so she, she was just like, whatever, I already killed these guys. Yeah. And that's what it is. It was just killing, yeah. but there with a, some rules in between. You couldn't get wounded, really, that much back in the day. There was, like, a very thin line. Paper was also illegal. <laughs> paper cuts could just take a, yeah. take a family down. Uh, they had strict control on paper, actually. You had to get a background check. There yeah. was a waiting period. Um you had but, to have your doctorate before you yeah. could even see paper. <laughs> That's why I was on sheepskin. Um, <laughs> but after that, like, incident when she dueled the three people, like, the king was so entertained by that that he was just like, I'll pardon you <laughs> for that one. Um, which is just, like... Entertainment-based. Like, like, just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a while since I've read her story, but I thought near the end of her life she settled down in her lover died or left and then she died shortly thereafter um yeah i think she uh her lover left but she goes back to the convent afterwards she's been she was singing for a while and then she goes back to the convent and dies there so i don't know they let her back they had rebuilt (laughs) yeah they they were like you're on a short lease missy (laughs) (laughs) we had our 86 list here but it burned up in a fire we don't have any of our files so we don't know (laughs) get in here you nut <laughs> and that's uh <laughs> and that's the story of Julie Dobgeny. <laughs> Julie Dauber Dob- from Dob- Coach, I Dob- believe. Dobgeny. Yeah, Dobgeny sounds good to me. <laughs> and you know what else would sound good to me? An alternate version of that story. Fuck off. <laughs> 
Every week, Denver's own Real Nerds Podcast sees a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. I think sometimes we're funny. Yeah, sometimes when I'm talking, not when you're talking, not when you're talking. Oh, you know, it might help if you told them that we're on iTunes or on Stitcher so they could find a place where you can actually listen to us. Oh, okay, Brad. We're also on Twitter, at Real Nerds, and we have an Instagram account. Boom. Commercial, Brad. Cut. Paste. Upload. We like to have fun. Sure. I like fun. James, you're very bad at improv. RealNerdsPodcast.com. Something a lot of people say about uh, Julie Davigny was that uh, she was born with a sword in her hand, uh, which is literally true. Uh, she, uh, she had an early version of the X gene. That sounds like a very painful delivery for the mother. See, you'd think that, but it was actually a very uh, cost-effective C-section. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and she initiated it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She induced it. Really? Yeah, it was her. It was her choice. Uh, her. Thank you. Um, so, I, I mean, a lot of her like story is the same. There's just certain things we don't really know that much about that don't get highlighted too much um she did tend to uh dress in uh what was typically considered men's clothing uh she was also uh one of the first drag kings uh really to come to yes. prominence uh she she first gained people's attention competing in the uh the french stage show uh rupaul's horse race <laughs> um Along with uh, other drag kings and queens, uh, such as Ben de la Creme Puff, Jujube, <laughs> and uh, Axon Provence Thunderfuck. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut for Drag Race fans. I don't know, whatever. Um, so she got a day job in the opera, uh, but her real passion was stabbing. Uh, that was what. She really enjoyed doing. She even uh, she recorded she recorded a lot of opera uh, albums and tracks, uh, put them out on her SoundCloud. Uh, but she also she recorded a passion project called Sounds of Stabbing, which was not a big hit. It was very unsettling. Just a soundboard. Yeah. Just like this is what it sounds like with a, a long sword, a broadsword. Yeah, it was a, it was mainly spooky sound effects. Actually, that was the B side. A katana. Yeah, people later cut some of the stab sound effects and worked them into prank phone calls on a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, Not but, a very effective means of prank calling. <laughs> yeah, the jerky boys. I think was that was the uh, the people who did that. The original. And uh, you hear a lot about like her like her well known mainstream stabbings, uh, but she had a lot of like. <laughs> early underground stabbings uh, that you don't hear about. Uh, Literally or, or well, figuratively? Uh, she was ex- Once she was exploring the Paris catacombs. Oh, okay. Uh, Literally. So, <laughs> both. Uh, she was trying to score some X, and uh, a dude came up to her and tried to steal her croissants. Uh, so she... She, she had uh, on her all, all the time. Yep. Oh, that's like... At that point in history, that was really yeah. one of the major Day crimes. One France yeah. stuff, you, yeah. <laughs> you were naked if you left the apartment without your croissant bandolier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this chud comes up uh, and tries to steal her croissants, and she uh, she sta- she breaks off she she breaks off a rib uh, from a nearby skeleton and stabs him in the heart. Um, 
And then she says something snappy like, um, it, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Thieve. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Editing that out. Um, uh, and then another, another time, um, she was tunneling under the walls of a monastery uh, for a party uh, where there was rumored to be clean water, which did not happen much at the time. Yeah, so it was like really exciting. It's yeah. like when when the, you're in high school and someone gets a keg. Yeah, or like a or like a chocolate fountain. I oh, guess yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, have I to went ask, to weird parts. At this point, Julie is hoarding old bread and tunneling under the ground. <laughs> is she some kind of common vermin or pest? No, she just that, likes to party. Okay. <laughs> um, it's what she do? Yeah, I mean. That, I basically do those things anyway. Um, so facing your life, <laughs> yeah, probably more with the hoarding old bread, less with the tunneling, but a little bit still. It probably. feels similar. It yeah. feels similar. Metaphorically, my entire life feels like I'm just digging Usually a hole and some crawling hoarding. through there's, it. There's some tunneling too. <laughs> so while she's uh, while she's tunneling, she encounters uh, a race of mole men. Uh, she's the first person to encounter the mole man. Uh, she dates one of them for a couple months, uh, and then stabs him because he doesn't understand what the sun does. Um, <laughs> that's a good reason to stab somebody, by the way. One of the top five reasons that stabbings occur every day. Stealing croissants, uh, doesn't understand the sun. I think that's the, yeah, I think OJ's lawyers used that one to get him off. <laughs> Best defense. (laughs) So there was a period near the end of her life when she kind of dropped off the radar a little bit. And people assume she just sort of like went back to the convent or like settled down with her husband, who she was married to the whole time. But what actually happened is she started living below the Paris Opera House. Singing there was a young countertenor named Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm -hmm. uh, Just waiting for his big break to come along. One day during rehearsal for the opera Hannibal, the lead countertenor, a man named Lloyd Andrews Webb, uh, gets mysteriously stabbed. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, his understudy, uh, has to step in. And people don't, like, assume much about about him. But what they don't know is that Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, has been taking lessons from someone he calls the Angel of Music. Uh, <laughs> just underground in the in the Paris Opera House. Back to um, the underground. Yeah, just back to the... She loves the underground. Not that this is her, necessarily. Fuck. Um, so Andrew Lloyd Webber is also sort of involved with uh, Madame Raoul. And then Julie Davigny appears and uh, s- stabs them both because they sort of freak out. Because she's wearing like a weird uh, half mask just because uh-huh. fuck it, right. she wants to. Uh, then they sing Music of the Night. Julie Davigny writes the greatest musical of all time uh, called uh-huh. Opera Ghost. There's a, there's a there's a movie adaptation that inexplicably in star, stars Gerard Butler. Who knows why? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, actually, Opera Ghost never saw the light of day. Uh, Julie Davigny did spend the rest of the night sort of stabbing at a chandelier. Opera Ghost, exclamation point, only sort of comes out later when uh, a man named Andrew Lloyd Webber VII uh, gets his revenge by turning it into sort of like a mediocre uh, Broadway musical. And that's the some of the alternate facts about the life. Named, 
named incidentally off of a book that had existed for 50 years prior to the release of the musical. Yeah, that was uh, actually pure coincidence, Okay, it turns out. Um, because people Parallel don't... thought, you know? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't incorporate the author of the fucking book because people don't know who he is. Right. Um, and uh, any chance to make fun of Andrew Lloyd Webber is also my bad. Recent EGOT winner. Classic. We're punching up at recent EGOT winner Andrew Lloyd Webber. Wait, recent? I thought... When did he get it? No, he just got it. He just closed up that bag. Really? I don't know. Jesus Christ Superstar, maybe? I think that that TV version just got him his Emmy, finally. Oh. Why? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, congratulations, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Well, yeah. He's not, we'll bullshit. send it Yeah, right on over to him. Anything other than Jesus Christ Superstar. Maybe You're no Joseph. Sondheim, Webber. Yeah. No. No Sondheim. Uh... This is, sorry, this is, I didn't mean for this to turn into the roast of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why County Central is really scraping the bottom of the roast barrel. Oh yeah, they're just I like, mean, whoever's done anything, <laughs> we'll just grab you. They've, they've always been scraping yeah. the bottom of the roast. <laughs> Frankly, Andrew Lloyd Webber would be a huge get at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll probably do that before they do the roast of the corpse of Greg Giraldo. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Before we move on to uh, judgment and plugs and all the all the fun stuff that you definitely stick around to the end of the podcast to listen for, um, I want to mention that the Revisionist is a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network, uh, alongside such shows as Denver Orbit, uh, which is a an audio magazine, uh, which has pieces from all sorts of different uh, creators around Denver, and uh, recently won the. Uh, Westward uh, Award for Best Podcast. It's an amazing show. So check out Denver Orbit. Listeners, we also ask that you be so kind as to write a review of this here little humdinger of a podcast (laughs) on your podcast service of choice. Be that iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, what have you. Uh, Written reviews are superior. Yes, they definitely help get more attention to the podcast i don't know how the fuck the algorithm works also uh you can reach out to us and uh leave us a comment ask us a question write us a letter via revisionistpodcast.com or uh get a hold of us on facebook twitter or instagram olivia you are you're a stand-up around denver and you're great what's a good place like social media wise people can find you um yeah i uh, don't really have much honestly like i I just my facebook just got all clogged up apparently i have too many friends it's just because i just i don't filter i just whoever has mutual friends so i gotta go back out in their comment so i can fill it right back on up with with your happy say that that's what your facebook is like i'm getting an anxiety attack just imagining that <laughs> it's uh it's fun i don't know i like the energy i like the strangers it's kind of like <laughs> sitting in a coffee shop where i don't know a lot of these people but i could hear a lot of what they're thinking <laughs> oh no okay yeah <laughs> i admire your ability to be okay with that <laughs> <laughs> like the noise <laughs> <laughs> um but olivia's great and whenever you can get a chance uh go see her as for me the next uh, edition of Queen City Companion, the All Falls storytelling show I co-host with Jen Colick, uh, will be October 4th at Mutiny Information Cafe. So come check that out. We have a great lineup shaping up for that. And the second, uh, the first Know Your Shit has not happened yet. It'll be happening tomorrow night. Huh? 
So, assuming there's a second one, um, that'll be October 20th uh, at Comedy Room Room. Uh, it's Comedians Giving TED Talks. Uh, and the theme for that one will be Monsters. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So come check that out. And uh, Zach, this is probably our last chance to get people registered uh, to vote. While I will still mention this in the Shocktober episodes, uh, if by the time this episode is released, you are not registered to vote or haven't checked on your registration because some less good states purge the rules <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> Uh, so it seemed like you were trying to be more diplomatic about that at first, <laughs> and then you just went with the least diplomatic thing. I'm sure they have other good qualities, but politically, that's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah, no. Um, and they have but, no other good qualities. Yeah, well, uh, so make sure you're registered where you live. Double check your registration. And if you aren't registered where you live, this is probably your last, uh, in terms of when these episodes come out, by the time the next one comes out, in most states... It'll be too late. It'll be too late to register for this election. And are those so, the bad states or the good states? I think most uh, almost states. every state. Most. There's only I, a I, couple states where you almost every state requires you to register at least a month in advance of the election. I feel like there are a couple that have same day registration. A few, but, but the majority of states, yeah, including Colorado, I believe, mm-hmm. require you to register a month in advance. Yes, indeed. So if you have a registered by the time this comes out, like. Just do it immediately. Most in Colorado, for instance, you can do it online. If I'm not mistaken, yes. Um, you could go to say Vote Save America has links to every place you can get registered. It has sample ballots in a lot of states, so that's a convenient and easy way. Sometimes it might be able to tell you your polling place if it's been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I say, if you haven't registered yet, this is your last chance, and this is a somewhat important election, I would dare say. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, And uh, I would just say, also, if you feel like you're registered to vote, or if you feel like you have time to register to vote, there's no drawback to just checking on it now, or doing it now. Um, Yeah. Having it in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. You have a whole month to just What are you doing right now? You're going to listen to this podcast, you're going to go home and Get drunk and watch the new BoJack Horseman. Check on your laptop. That sounds actually, yeah, that sounds right. Oh for, my god, yeah. That sounds for most of our listener base probably is into that. That sounds great. But Zach, thank you. Of course, yeah. Uh, Olivia, thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, oh no, there's one more thing. Oh. I have to rend oh, my judgment uh, from the gods. I uh, I completely forgot we were back to doing judgment. Uh, um after the yeah. Jack the Ripper episodes. Here's the thing. Uh, I like the story of Julie Daubigny a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's sounded, a cool, it sounded like, like someone stepped on your toe as you finished like saying me. it. She's a cool swashbuckling opera lady who, like, uh, you know, stabs the patriarchy or whatever. It's great. But here's the thing. There's a dark spot in her story, and that is... I feel like it's got kind of a sad little ending where she dies young and kind of heartbroken. Brian, I feel like, had one of those stories that doesn't change the original so much as add to it. And in this case, I feel like that change where instead uh, of becoming an actually sad case of a person who is listless and 
dies young because of uh, heartbreak. They become an angst monster that lives underneath <laughs> an opera house. <laughs> I think that's more befitting the spirit of what she was in life. And so for that reason, I'm, I think this time I'm going to vote for uh, the alt history, which, which gives her a more satisfying ending, I think, in my opinion. Well, listeners, uh, voting is now open for you. Uh, on our Patreon because we're back to paying for the right to vote now after the Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Didn't you enjoy that taste of democracy, listeners? Uh, if you did, give us money. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I might cut that out. That was a little harsh. <laughs> uh, but for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Have a good time. Bye. 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 Ha, ha, ha.